Hello, this is Positive Talk with David Startouch, and we are currently on a post-traumatic growth series uh, exploring the Thrive Model, or going through the Thrive Model, from the book What Doesn't Kill Us, The New Psychology of Post-Traumatic Growth by Dr. Stephen Joseph, Ph.D., one of the leading researchers in post-traumatic growth. And uh, to start with my credentials this time early instead of later for those who are just tuning in, I'm a PhD candidate in psychology, concentration uh, in cognitive neuroscience and philosophy, as well as some research methods. And I'm also clin- <coughs> pardon me, a uh, clinical master's uh, level clinician, master, uh, counselor, and I do crisis counseling at my local ER, helping people in crisis states get the help they need. Uh, I am licensed in the state of Colorado, but I do not do therapy, and this is not therapy. This is intended as a kind of a guided self-help through one of the most revolutionary books that I've found on post-traumatic growth. And I am also a certified professional coach. I work with people individually. We're doing these uh, videos. I'm, I work with people who are at the end of launching their hero story to help others, as well as I do something called bulletproofing, where I work with attorneys to help bulletproof their clients, to handle cross-examination, or people who are simply have to be in court and endure verbal and character attacks uh, during difficult situations, and um, to come through stronger in the end. And so uh, that's an, another part of what I do. So uh, that's me. Uh, we're currently on s- uh, number, number one, stage one, signpost one, there we go, of the Thrive Model. This is uh, part three. If you're just tuning in, please start in either episode one or episode two as the one is an overview and episode two really builds in some safety nets and some protective factors to support you through this process. I am bringing my skills as a coach and former professional yoga instructor where I uh, worked helping people reduce stress. I, I guess also I was a stress consultant for a long time, so we'll bring that in there. And uh, I will be providing some additional resources in the comments. If you're listening to this on SoundCloud, iTunes, or uh, our website, know that we've also got this posted on YouTube. And if you would like, you can, I, I really love this, uh, feel free to write down your comments, suggestions, or thoughts, and go to the YouTube where this is and uh, go through and post your comments. Now, one of the reasons why uh, we're doing this on SoundCloud, iTunes, and doing audio versions is we know video eats your data plans. But if you want to listen to this on YouTube, that's also why this is there. We want to provide a a multi-platform option for you to just consume this content. And from my own healing of uh, trauma, excuse me, and anxiety... And dealing through this with my own uh, my own hero journey, uh, embracing the Thrive Model, I found I, I found myself thinking, you know, I, where was this when I was going? I would have loved to have someone go through and read it because I actually had the issue with um, PTSD where I had difficulty reading. Um, my flashbacks and brain would just wander. And what I'm really hoping to do with this series is to provide these in we're doing this in uh, 21 minute maximum segments so that you have digestible content and you can re-listen to them so uh, when you're learning a language 15 minutes is sometimes great little increments um, and when i was teaching community college i try to break things up uh, teaching psychology into 15 minute chunks because people can process now obviously I have, I have introductions and some closings here we're at thoughts and other stuff but 
20 minutes, 21, I find is a nice, perfect number for attention. And you're going to find it may wane, your attention goes here and there. But that's why I recommend going through this process with a journal and a notebook. Just again, write down notes, thoughts, and questions. If you need to take a break, pause it, but note the time. Just write it next down. Write it down on that piece of paper so you can come back to it. Also, you can use this as a tool later. I have my own process that I created, this Forever Hero Reboot Program, and I use this in my own life constantly. And I've done it so many times that now I can just jump back to individual steps because it's like a seven-week program. I can just jump into step two, step three, maybe week seven, and just do particular exercises because I've, I've gotten down. This program, I hope, will also serve that guide for you. And if you haven't done so, check out and go to the youtube and we've got the link on amazon for this book and you can follow along you can read this you don't have to just go off the audio pace it is there to kind of pace the content so you can listen to it over and over and process in an auditory way and uh, again get my expertise and interjections to support you we will be doing separate videos i decided on some of the self-care things that he's talking about which is entirely in my wheelhouse and he's suggesting yogis yogis do this or practitioners well yeah and i was a teacher of this so i'll definitely be giving you my best stuff on that that will be a separate series on i'll do the meditation then we'll kind of have a talks on self-care you're going to see that also in the grace hope and strength channel on youtube definitely follow that notifications because that area we're going to be talking about relationships fashion money uh just joy things that bring you alive in your life again activities and i really want to encourage you to post comments there and suggestions about things you would love so we can keep doing content that is supportive on your thriving journey again this is series is on forever hero tv uh because we're covering the psychology aspect feel free to recommend others yes there is a system behind my madness and uh, i thank you again for joining me on this journey all right uh we're gonna get started again and uh, so get your uh, warm beverage, your drink, whatever pauses if you need to, and here we go. People often find it easy to imagine being compassionate towards others. But when it comes to themselves, that's more difficult. Begin by thinking about how would you feel toward loved ones who are suffering. Imagine that they are feeling as you do right now. How would you feel towards them? Try to actually experience the kindness warmth, understanding, and wisdom that you have to offer them. Now imagine looking at yourself as if you were in the picture. Imagine the look on your face as you feel compassionate toward your loved ones. Imagine the tone of your voice. How do you sound? Try speaking out loud as if you were talking to them and listen to your compassionate voice. Now, Think about what you would say that expresses your concern and warmth for those individuals. Imagine that you are helping them think about ways to move forward without judging things. What is it that you want to say? Take some time practicing this compassionate image of rehearsing to yourself. This compassionate image of yourself rehearsing the words that you would use to express yourself to loved ones, but do it to yourself. When you're ready, introduce that compassionate you to the suffering you, the self-critical, avoidant you. Practice offering yourself the same compassion you would 
you would give to someone else. When you notice yourself lurching into being self-critical, shift back into your compassionate body state and offer yourself the same understanding, warmth, kindness, and wisdom. By learning to be compassionate to others, we give ourselves the ability to soothe ourselves and to, to calm our rattled threat systems. This ability is vital to our moving on, but it requires practice. Whenever you have five minutes to spare, picture yourself as the compassionate person of your imagination. Some people feel they need to be deliberately tough on themselves. For them, being compassionate would be a means of lowering their standards. But in truth, being compassionate is nothing more than offering yourself the same warmth, wisdom, and understanding and kindness that you would give to somebody else. These basics will give you a foundation to build on, allowing you to begin to move from adversity. But remember the rule. You are in control of your own rate of progress. So if doing any of the things described here begins to feel overwhelming, just stop. And when you begin to start up again, always move forward at your own pace. Once you feel that you're ready, you will need to begin to confront your memories and to deal with your emotions. Here's some guidelines for taking this step. Be aware of the triggers. Many things can serve as triggers for your emotional reactions. Anniversaries are particularly upsetting. Christmas, birthdays, and other memorable occasions can also be distressing, as can anniversaries of bereavement. Another form of anniversary is the day that people reach the same age of, as when a parent died, or for parents, when a child reaches the age in which they themselves experience trauma. Unless a person is aware of the possibility of anniversary triggers, such emotional reactions can seem to come out of the blue. If, however, one reflects on what kind of triggers may be looming in the future, the inevitable emotional triggers will be less frightening and more comfortable. The next mini-section here is called Avoiding Avoidance. Switching off can be useful. Sometimes, it's calming to avoid talking about or being reminded about what happened. The danger is that when too much switching off goes for on too long, it leads to a downward spiral, where it becomes harder to talk about or confront the situations that have been avoided. In such situations, people become more withdrawn and less capable of confronting what's troubling them so as to deal with their emotions. One way in which people avoid dealing with emotional issues is to turn to alcohol and drugs. This may help them feel better in the very short term, but people who do this are storing up problems for later and very often creating new problems. The ancient Chinese sage, Sun Tzu, from 369 to 286, wrote, and I think I, I butchered that name, it's uh, Chuang, Changsu, yeah. There was a man who was so disturbed by the sight of his own shadow and so displeased by his own footsteps that he determined to get rid of both. The method he hit upon was to run away from them, so he got up and he ran. 
but every time he put his foot down, there was another step, while his shadow kept up with him, without the slightest difficulty. He attributed his failure to the fact that he was not running fast enough, so he ran faster, and faster, without stopping, until he finally dropped dead. He failed to realize that if he merely stepped into the shade, his shadow would vanish, and if he sat down and stayed still, there would be no more footsteps. In the end, avoidance is like running away to get away from our own footsteps. It just doesn't work. Observe your reactions without judging. That's the next section. Observe your reactions without judging. When people have distressing feelings, they often try to shut them away. But it's nonetheless important to be aware of these feelings. Rather than shutting them away, try to observe and acknowledge them. Ask yourself, what am I feeling right now? If you're able to recognize and acknowledge your feelings, you can begin to do something with them. This is harder than it might seem. People often confuse their emotions or don't have the right words to describe them. Indeed, it takes patience and effort to understand emotions. When people judge their feelings, instead of observing and acknowledging what they are, they end up rushing to conclusions, wishing they weren't feeling them, or blaming someone else for making them feel as they do. The more you can simply observe and acknowledge, the more you can begin to understand yourself. Confronting traumatic memories and emotions. This is the next section. Confronting traumatic memories and emotions. It is understandable that memories and emotions can become overwhelming, causing people to want to switch off. But if they are to move forward, at some point, people need to begin to confront their traumatic memories. Everyone is different. Everyone does things in his or her own time. Maybe you need to go to a particular place or relive a particular situation. Whatever is necessary, it is important not to avoid the traumatic memories. One useful self-help technique can be to close your eyes and imagine watching the traumatic event as if it were a film. To do this, imagine yourself as if you were on screen performing in front of a camera. It's important that the film starts off before the traumatic thing happened, when you were in the place of safety. For example, if you were in a car accident, watching yourself in the time leading up to the accident and then as the accident unfolds. Next, watch the film again, but this time as if being rewound from the end to the beginning at a faster speed. This time, see and feel the event as if you were in the film while it's being rewound to the safe starting point. Once you've completed this process, open your eyes. Now I'm going to also add, there's another great technique of this. If you can just pick the, and I find it's a little less stimulating than this one he gave. Uh, Imagine... Find, you just select a traumatic event in your mind, but don't necessarily think about it, relive it, don't go into the details for a moment, just picture the event, all right? We're going to just imagine now we're going to label that event like uh, like if it was a PowerPoint, you're just going to put a title on it, okay? It's a still frame, put a title on that picture. 
And now, so the picture is in color, you've got a title above it. Now I want you to imagine draining all the color out of that picture to make it a black and white photo. And then begin to shrink it down until it's the size of a postage stamp. It's a tiny little thing, black and white into postage stamp. I find that worked really well for me to begin to take some of the emotional edge out of it. But rewinding backward, it would, it would also be helpful once I think you've done this. Um, because you would then begin to have the, the the event of the full trauma and less random triggers would show up. So that way his method's a little more complete, but I think it has a little more risk. So if you want to avoid a risk of a severely traumatic event, try the poster stamp picture thing first. Then once you're comfortable, then do the rewind of the film. Okay. Next section is to connect with others. Take some time to be with family and friends. This can be difficult. The first reaction to trauma is often to withdraw from others. So, you might have to resist this first reaction to make sure that you can mobilize your social resources. But you also might need to choose your social support wisely. In addition to making sure that you're sure that you share enough information with others so that they understand you. You need to understand them. Adversity can change people. And family and friends might not respond positively to such change. Family and friends might well want the best for us, but change can upset the dynamics of the relationship. Jane, for example, left her husband six years ago because of his heavy drinking. It had become a problem in their relationship. One of their close friends at work, Simon, was a source of support. Simon and his wife, Jeanette, would invite Jane to dinner every so often. Jane would tell them about any dates she'd been on. But when Jane met Robert, things were different. The relationship seemed to be going somewhere. At last, Jane felt she had finally met someone with whom she could share her life. Jane arrived for dinner arm in arm with Robert and looking forward to a great evening. Expecting Simon to be welcoming, Jane was shaken by Simon's hostility towards Robert. Although the evening started well, after a few glasses of wine, Simon started to make jokes at Robert's expense. The fact was, Simon had been comfortable in his role as Jane's intimate confidant, and he was now threatened by the possibility of change. Afterward, Simon was as surprised as anyone about how he'd behaved, but he hadn't thought through what the change had meant for him, and the situation unexpectedly triggered deep feelings in him. Sometimes the nature of what people have experienced means that those around them don't understand and don't have the resources or the knowledge to be helpful. Because of those difficulties, people find it useful to meet up with others who have had similar experiences. Survivor groups can be very helpful, whether they are set up by survivors themselves or run by health professionals. When run well, such groups can offer real sources of support, belonging, connection, and the opportunity to be with people who've had similar experiences. People can learn from each other and, and who are all working together toward change. The next section is turning into your emotions. But before I begin that, I want to also caution you to choose your support groups wisely. And if you feel a group is not being supportive and they're tearing you down rather than lifting you up, then that is a sign you might need to walk away. You might need 
you might have actually outgrown the group or the group's no longer fitting. And we're actually going to start and stop there before we go to this next session, uh, terminate interior motions. And I want to just take a moment to say um, thank you first for showing up and doing this work. I know it's a lot. Uh, this is, uh, let's see, the, the fifth episode now. And we're moving along very quickly, very well. And uh, I just hope you're taking notes and posting any comments uh, because we're going to probably do a follow-up once this area is complete. Um, we're almost done with this first section. I know it's long, but this is a slow process sometimes of doing the work. So again, please, <clears throat> please subscribe uh, on our YouTube and uh, do comments, uh, do list notifications. You want it, the notifications when the next videos hit because uh, that's also when I think we're going to be doing the audios. Uh, whether you're listening to, let us know if you're listening to this on SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, or uh, the Survivor Here website, wherever it's, you found it. We'd love to know how you're getting the resources, as well as any questions or comments you have. This is David Starchuch signing off, and thank you so much for being a part of this with us. Namaste.